I, I want to say something um, as I'm preparing to minister, prophetically speaking. Um, for 400 years, the children of Israel were taken captive, taken out of their homeland, and brought into a place of slavery. And it wasn't just one generation or two. It was multiple, multiple generations. And so, you know, after 400 years, a mindset begins to change, and, and it was true with Israel. And their mindset began to change. They, they, they lost hope. They lost hope. They could not see a way out of their situation or how that life could ever be as it was 400 years before that or how it could be as God had ultimately designed for them to have, a, a life of freedom that they would serve no Pharaoh, no king, but God alone. God would be their king, and God would rule them. And for 400 years, it looked as if it was complete opposite. And so they were in a, a season of contradiction in their lives where God had promised one thing, and yet it had not come to pass. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? I might be talking to two or three of us. And um, so they were in this place that they were building up the cities and the communities and the nation of Egypt. Um, and it was with a whip on their back and hard taskmasters and the grind every single day. No hope for the future. No hope for their children. But the Bible says that in that time frame that the people of God, the children of Israel, begin to cry out to the Lord. There's something about the cry of God's people. There's something about that, that, that real, authentic cry that when we speak before God, we may not have the right words. We may not come up with the right things to say, but there's a cry on the inside of us. God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. And the Bible says that God from heaven, this is before the covenant, this is before Jesus, before people had access to God. Only the priests could do this. But the God of heaven heard the cry of his people and began to pity them, he said. He, the Bible says he pitied them. He, he, had, he had a heart toward them and said he saw the situation and saw the injustice and saw how unfair it was. And there are people in this room and people that are watching me right now and you're in this place of injustice or the season of contradiction. It doesn't look like it's supposed to. Your life didn't turn out the way that it's supposed to turn out. And it, things like circumstances all around you are contradicting what God said is going to happen. Or, or there's the season of sorrow in your life, like there's no hope. And I'm here to tell you there is hope. God always makes a way where there seems to be no way. That's not preacher rhetoric. That's the gospel. And you're no different than the people of God, the children of Israel, if not even better than them because of the ratified covenant of Jesus Christ. And so God heard their cry. And God raised up a deliverer by the name of Moses. And Moses um, heard God's voice through this burning bush. And he had this incredible prophetic encounter to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, uh, God says, let my people go. Who saw Shall I say that sent me? Say, I am has sent you. I am. So when Pharaoh was talking to Moses, he spoke this way. I am. Who sent you? I am. Who told you to do this? I am. 
When God partners with you, he partners with you and gives you authority. Even when you think you're so small and it looks like all the odds are against you, God will hear your cry, respond to you, and partner with you. And so he goes to the, to the people of God, the children of Israel, and says, God spoke to me. They really didn't want to hear it because the mindset was so that they had no hope. So don't give us this false hope as if, you know, um, things are going to change when, uh, you know, we've heard these promises before and it's not changed for us over 400 years. He said, but God spoke to me. I, look, I didn't ask for the position. This is what God said to do. And I'm going to go to Pharaoh and I want your agreement. And they agreed. You know, when God begins to move, the song God is moving, revival begins to take place, reformation begins to take place in the house of God, uh, which means to reform it, to, to redo some things that need to be redone. And I'm going to talk about that, not really a whole lot about it, but i got a little spot, spot I'm going to speak about it for just a moment. But uh, revival in itself and seeing God do great and mighty things in the earth, we think it is going to come one way. In our minds, we want, it, we want it to happen one way. And I notice that with human nature, it's always the path of least resistance. At least with me it is. When I see a vision, I, I get the path. I want God to take care of it now. I don't want to go through no more. I'm done. I don't want to go through any more. But when God responds to us, the good news is, is that he's responding to us. And the good news is when he responds, good is going to happen. Not only good, but great is going to happen. Y'all flow me so far? I feel like the people online are a little bit more with me than y'all are here today. Praise God. Smile at me. Just give me a little seed of a smile. Even when you don't want to, amen, you're going to get a harvest back. Right? Ready? That was almost a hundredfold, but I don't have enough teeth. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you that God is responding. And he responded to them. But it doesn't come in the package that we often think that it could or should. In God's package with Israel, it came with ten plagues. In God's package, it came with making it a little bit tougher for a little season. It was no straw to make bricks, you know. Sometimes it feels like in your life that when you need him most, it feels like you're taking two or three paces back. And prophetically, I believe that's where a lot of God's people are right now. Maybe not everybody. But there's a lot of people like that right now. They're hopeless. They're in despair. And God, we thought we heard from you, and we wanted you to do a certain kind of thing, and it didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. And now, look, God, here we are. And you're saying to yourself, but I know him. But I know him. And so Moses sticks with the plan, doesn't back down decides that what he heard in that burning bush is what he heard in that burning bush. And he wants to lead God's people into the promised land. And so the people begin to rally around him, and the last, the last plague that happens is death. And, of course, we know the story. We, we, we preach it around here every single year about Passover. And, and they, 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 they escaped death with the blood of the lamb, the pureness of the blood of the lamb. And they now are now going into the wilderness as God said to do and ultimately into the promised land as God promised would happen. And as they're going toward the Red Sea, they don't think about it. You know, these are slaves. They're not thinking about a sea. They're thinking about the promised land, wherever that might be, wherever God's going to take us. But now they can't go any further. And they stop. 
And now then, Pharaoh decides, he wakes up that morning and says, enough is enough. We're going to go get them. We're going to take them back into bondage. What have they done? They destroyed everything. They've taken all the wealth of because they took all the wealth, the Bible says, with them as they left. And so, because God has always has a design about a purpose that's about to take place. It's going to take finances to get there. And by the way, some of your wealth is coming back. Some say amen. Some may have lost in the last year or two, but God says it's going to come back to you. And they took that wealth and stripped it from Egypt. And now they're out there, but they can't move forward. And they can't move backwards. And they're hemmed in. But I'm not going to preach real long on this because I got a whole thing. This is just the lead in this morning. I got a whole thing I want to talk about. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> the people of God have got to understand and come to a place of trust and faith with Him that whatever He promised you is in fact coming to pass because they felt like they were hemmed in, but it wasn't God hemming them in. He was hemming their enemies in. He was drawing the enemy not to take them out or to take them back, but to push them forward. And they were about to go across on dry ground, but the only people getting destroyed that day was Pharaoh and his army. Somebody say amen. And I hear the word of the Lord over you. That the chariots and the wheels that the enemy has caused in your life to chase after you are about to come off the chariot. They're about to fly off, and he's not going to be able to chase you any longer. And the only thing going to be destroyed in your life is going to be the devil. Come on, somebody say amen. Take your authority. Take your authority. Take your authority. God is moving. Everybody say He's the God, he's the God of the impossible. Father, today we give you praise and glory for all that you're doing in this church this morning, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you are moving with great might and great power and vigor and anointing, Lord God. Removing every burden, destroying every yoke of bondage today, I pray, in the mighty name of you. Let the prophetic flow, I pray, Lord God. Let the power flow today. Let the apostolic flow today, Lord God. Let the healing anointing flow today, Lord God. And let every devil be served notice. They've got to go. Go from people's homes. Go from this church. Go from our lives. In Jesus' precious name. And the church that believed it said amen. I said the church that believed it said amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 8, and then verse 9. And we're going to take our text from there. He is the God of the impossible. So it was that while he, Zacharias, was serving as priest before God in the order of his division. According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, this was Zacharias, who would be the father of John the Baptist, and this is the whole story of his life coming apart, coming into being. And so we see here that Zacharias is a priest, and of course there were certain times when certain priests would do certain duties. The, main, the three main focus responsibilities of the priests are this. Number one, they were to adjust the oil in the wicks. So there was always a lamp, the Bible says the lamp of God, that burned the fire of God in it. It was a responsibility of the priests to make sure that the lamp was always refueled every single day. Why? So that the Bible says that when God, start, when God uh, instituted the tabernacle, he answered by fire, and that 
fire, the fire of God, the fire of heaven, was what the priest used to light the lamp, the wick of the lamp. And so the responsibility of the priest was to keep the fire of God, not the, the natural fire or man's fire, but God's fire alive and well in the tabernacle and in the temple. Here it would be the temple of God. So God answers by fire. I'll get to that in just a moment. And so his job was to make sure that there was always fuel or oil in that lantern at all times. It's always the responsibility of the priest. By the way, when we're talking about the priest today, we're talking about you. The Bible says that you are kings and priests unto God. Amen. We serve a priestly responsibility on earth. And also his job was to make sure that the wicks were trimmed. Because, you know, if a wick gets too uh, burnt, uh, it won't stay lit. It's just too much. It's just pretty much gone. It's just nothing but a burnt end. So it has to be trimmed and it has to be trimmed changed out. That was responsibility of the priest. So the responsibility of the priest today in the order of the priest today in modern terms for you and me is to make sure that the oil of God is always in the lamp of God that provides the, the weakness there provides for the fire of God. So I say amen to that. So this is the work of the Holy Spirit. So our responsibility is to make sure that we keep the fire burning in our life. Or the oil, the representation of the oil and the fire, of course, is the Holy Spirit. So we know it to be a continual process. That's why people backslide, because they don't continually stay before the Lord. Amen. I'm preaching better than y'all want to shout. But I am kind of teaching. So a continual process before the Lord, that's a priestly duty. Number two is that the next thing he would do is make sure there was plenty of bread. God required the bread of the Lord to be before him at all times on the table next to the lamp. You can study that out if you want to uh, for yourself about the tabernacle and the temple. And, and fresh bread was to be baked and put there. So the responsibility of the priest to make sure that it was there. What does bread represent? By the way, it had to be fresh. It represents the word of God. Or Jesus himself, he says his name is the word of God, and he is the bread of life. But it's not just bread. It can't be five, ten days old. It's got to be fresh bread every single day. Somebody say amen. What, what does that mean? We need a fresh anointing, or we need a fresh word from God every single day of our lives. Not an old word we got. What well, was a great word, but it was ten years ago, y'all. It's time for us to get a brand new fresh word. For the world that we live in today. Somebody say amen to that. That's our responsibility. So we have the work or the continued work of the Holy Spirit. Keeping before the Lord. But also to make sure the word of God is preeminent in our lives. And the third responsibility of any priest would have been this. It was to make sure the incense and the smoke remained. And so they took the incense and the smoke. And they would make sure that it would be filled in the uh, temple, tabernacle. Now, those that don't know, tabernacle was first, and then they built the actual marble and stone and wood uh, uh, temple later on. That was at the time of David. Solomon actually built it. So, so they're, they're, but, they're, the, but the implements were the same inside each of them. And so one of those, again, was the incense and the smoke. And that's always been a representation of signs, wonders, and miracles. So God wants us to be keepers of what? The work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the word of God, and the Bible says the word is preached with signs, wonders, and miracles following. Somebody say amen. Church, let me ask, why is there no cry these days in the house of God for signs, wonders, and miracles? Why is there no hunger for the supernatural? Why is there no desire for the God of the impossible to show up and to show out? Is it because of our compromise? 
while we're acting contrite? Is it because of our sin while we're acting sanctimonious? Is it because of our pride while we're acting prayerful? Or is it simply because of our lack of faith and no expectation? I'm going to say it's all of the above. And what makes it even worse is exactly where Zacharias was in Luke chapter 1. He was in a place of religion and not realism with God. In other words, a relationship with the Almighty. And God doesn't want us to be about just the smoke or the incense or a lighting of a wick. God wants to have a relationship with you and with me every single day of our life. And it must be fresh. Somebody say it must be fresh. So is it going to be pride or prayer? Is it going to be sin or sanctimonious? Is it going to be compromise or contrite? But you see, I'm telling you this, that religion always puts on the face that is actually righteous. But actually behind closed doors, there's a lot of issues and a lot of sin going on. And I'm not going to cast a stone, come on today, that ain't my job, but the Holy Ghost knows and you know. Somebody say amen. And I'm telling you that we're living in a day and an hour, we got to get it cleaned up, that Jesus is coming back, but he's coming back for a bride that's without spot and wrinkle or any such thing. Somebody should say amen. Shout purity. Shout purity. We need to see purity come back in the house of God and a real, living, viable relationship with the Almighty. Not just coming to church, looking cute, singing a few songs. Some of y'all, I love y'all. I love y'all. But I don't turn my back and look around. I don't turn around and look around. You know why? Because some of y'all worship religiously. What do I mean by that? You come in here and you're hoping the songs will bless you. But that ain't praise and that ain't worship. Praise and worship ain't here to bless you. You're here to bless God with your praise. And with your worship, religion is just going through the motions. Going through the motions and looking holy and looking righteous. But inside, our hearts are far from God. But there is a remnant in the earth. Remnant just means a small group of people. In the earth that has not bowed their knee to Baal or any such spirit. And God has given them authority to rule with him on the earth. And to see signs and wonders and miracles. I wonder if we got a remnant kind of church up in here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's ready to get real with God. And put away the religious things and their emotionalism. And get rid of their ups and downs. And walk with God solid. It's at the Red Sea that God tells Moses, why do you cry to me? The remnant church is a church that has authority. And God is saying to us, why do you cry to me? He doesn't not respond to your cry, but here's how he's responding. Why are you crying to me? I gave you my son I gave you his blood. I gave you all the authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions. And over all the earth. Why do you cry to me, Moses? Lift up your rod. Rod is the authority of God. Lift up in your authority and divide that sea that my people may walk across on dry ground. Man, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. 
Some of y'all been two weeks like, how do we react again? I'm like, what, what, what do we do here? Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside. Mm-mm-mm. This is back to Zacharias. He's doing his religious duties. But there was a remnant. <laughs> I want to preach real hard right here, but I can't. Because it's too much. But let me just say this. If it ain't getting done in the house by the priests of God, there is a remnant that is praying. There's a remnant that's believing God, regardless of who is in authority and who is not in authority in the house of God. And if they won't do it, God will use his people to do it. This is a saints movement, y'all. And either you're a saint or you ain't. Come on, somebody. I said, this is a saints movement. God's using all of his gifts these days, not just the priest. And the Bible says they were praying outside at the hour of incense. Statement. There must be the sound of prayer before the impossible can become possible. There must be the sound of prayer before the God of the impossible can change your impossible situation. The sound of prayer. And let's be honest, it's usually the last resort we do. You know, some of y'all are so quick to put stuff on Facebook. But if you were quicker to prayer, you might avoid all the drama you get yourself into. I'm preaching better y'all want to shout. Y'all ain't shouting today, but I get a lot of heads going, yes, sir, amen, amen. I love y'all. I miss you. It's hard preaching just a camera, by the way. It's tough. I like this kind of thing. I like this. Then an angel of the Lord, the Bible says, let's go back to the verse, in verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. In the middle of a mundane service, didn't seem like much was going on. Zacharias, to be real with you, was just going through his religious duties. But there was a remnant of people that began to pray outside. And I don't know if they're praying for the church. We don't know exactly what they're praying for. But they're praying before God. And as they begin to pray, the Bible says something happened that has never happened before. And an angel shows up in the temple of God and appears before Zacharias. Just when you think it's never going to happen. Just when you think it's just the way it's always going to be, just mundane, whatever, just another Sunday, just another Monday, just another Tuesday. God, if people will begin to, if there's a sound of prayer, God will begin to respond to that cry. And the supernatural will begin to show up in your life. And I believe, church, that we are in that season right now that the impossible is about to become possible if we've got some faith to pray for it. And where you thought, amen, and where you thought it was the end of the story, God's about to write a whole new chapter in your life. Who's ready for a brand new chapter in their life? Come on, somebody. Never think that God's promises will not come to pass. 
Angels are coming and they're going to begin to become more common to us. And you're going to start telling me stories and say, Pastor, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but last night an angel came to me and said this, that, and the other. I believe we're going to start seeing that more common, so common that I'm going to have to stand up here and start preaching, going, now hold on, hold on. There are good angels and they're bad. I'm going to start teaching you because it's going to become common. Don't you sense that something's going on in the earth? It's beyond your control, beyond your grasp. God is truly moving in the earth. And this God, is, he, is, <laughs> he is turning over every stone that there is, praise God. And we need that. Angels are coming. Uh, I'm tempted to tell my angel story, but y'all probably bored and don't want to hear nothing about it. But... Uh, it gets better every time, I promise. It does. I add a little nugget to it. No. For those of you who have not heard my little angel story, I will tell you this, that an angel came to me, and I was a heathen. I was a backslidden. I say no good because when you know the truth and you ain't doing it, you no good. Low-down rascal heathen. But my, 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 my wife was serving God. And... Um, and we had went on a trip to go see my, um, it would be my sister-in-law and sister, uh, brother-in-law in Indiana. Right there in Indiana, right? Indiana. Hey, baby, I'm talking to you. Indiana. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I asked her after time, hey, honey, how was my message? It was great. It was the best message I heard. You're playing with the baby the whole time. You didn't hear nothing, man. Okay. It was in the end. It don't matter. Anyways, we're traveling. There's road construction. We had to be detoured. So for quite a while, we're in this country road. And there's not a lot of traffic. We're just detoured off the road. And um, the, the little light on my dash said it was run, the car was running hot. It started missing. Looked down. It's running hot. I thought, oh, we're overheating. She said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I see there's like a little store up here. I saw like a little farmhouse on the other side of the street. We'll stop up there and see what we can do. So I pull in to this store, and it had, it had windows, all windows across the front. And there was like two cashiers that were there. Remember that? And as I'm pulling up, because you pull right up to the building, as I'm pulling right up to it, there's a man in the store, and he's got two of those pressed stone um, jugs of uh, antifreeze. And he's got him on the counter like this. And he's looking at me as I'm pulling up like this. I thought, what in the world is that guy looking at? You know, I don't like that kind of stuff, man. I don't like people doing that kind of stuff to me. Just staring at me like, you too happy. you just too happy. Now, I'm a sinner too, by the way. Who wants to be around that guy, you know? I'm like, this guy better just stop looking at me, you know? So I'm, I got an attitude about it. So I, get, I ignore him. I get out of my car, pop the hood. I'm looking around. The guy comes over to me. I'm thinking, I don't know this guy. He comes over to me, puts those two gallon, one-gallon jugs of Prestone uh, antifreeze on top of my car, the, the, the wheel well of my car, and says, you'll be needing these. And I said, oh, sir, I, I don't even know what the problem is. I, thank you so much, though. He said, no, you'll need these. And I said, well, thank you. And he goes, no problem. He says, as a matter of fact, you've been losing antifreeze for miles. I said, oh, okay. 
And he says, your problem is, if you go underneath the car, there's a little hose under there, and you'll find a little crack, or he called it a slit, underneath, underneath it. And that's that little, that little area where you've been dripping antifreeze for miles, and that's the reason why your car overheated. I'm thinking, what in the world is this guy? What is this guy? And the guy, Amos, never took his eyes off me. You know, people don't blink. That makes me nervous. I don't know about you. They look at you and don't blink at all. I'm thinking, look at this guy. He won't leave. I'm thinking, this is crazy. So he said, uh, I said, well, well thank you. He said, no problem. He says, as a matter of fact, if you take that off, go across the street over here to this house, he said, they'll have your part waiting over there for you. I said, oh, well, thank you. And I'm thinking, this guy's lost his mind. What, this, I don't, whatever, I'm just trying to get rid of the guy, right? I said, well, well thank you, sir. Thank you, for the, thank you for the antifreeze. He said, no problem. Hey, if you need me, just call me. Goes down, puts his hands in his pockets, walks down the middle of a country road, going nowhere, having been in a store with no bag in his hand. I'm thinking, this is the craziest thing I ever saw. My uncle, what was that about? I said, I don't know. And the whole time, I grew up Pentecostal. I grew up, I grew up, I knew supernatural things were happening. And the whole time, I'm thinking, oh, God, please don't let there be an angel. Oh, God, no, I'm, I'm freaking out. If there's, a, if, there's a prop, if there's a slit underneath this car, there's a hose, oh, my God. I get under there, and sure enough, folks, as God is my witness, there's a hose with a little crack, and you can see it was wet. It was green. I thought, oh, my God, there's the leak. I pull it off. I go, he said, Robert said, what are you going to do? I said, he said, go across the street. He said, your part will be waiting there. It's Sunday. It's not open. I said, I know. But he said, go. I walked across the street like this guy told me, this angel told me. Walked across the street. Knock on the door. Nobody's answering the door. It says closed. Finally, a guy comes out. He goes, we're closed. Sorry, we're closed, son. I said, I know. I got the situation. He goes, oh. he goes well, come on in. So I come into the store. It's just a little mom and pop place. And he says, what do you got there? And I show one. He goes, oh, that's a Mopar part. Those that don't know Mopar is, that's Chrysler. He said, that's a Mopar part. He said, I don't carry those parts. Sorry, son. I said, oh, okay. I started to turn around. He goes, well, hold on. Let me just go check and see what I do have. So he starts flipping lights on. His hair was like this. He'd been sleeping. <laughs> he walks to the back. He goes down this aisle to the right. Comes back almost immediately. He's holding a box in his hand, and he's scratching his head. He's got this box in his hand. And he says, son, today's your lucky day. I said, why that? He says, I don't know what's going on here. He said, but this box was sitting right in the middle of my workbench. And he said, it's the exact hose that you need. Come on, somebody. I said, you're kidding me. He said, nope. I said, how much? He goes, no charge. When an angel shows up in your life, he'll identify the problem. Come on, somebody. And it won't cost you anything to take care of it. Come on, somebody. Now, if he could do that for a heathen, low-down, no-good rascal of a kid like me who wasn't serving God, what can God do for those who will begin to cry out to him and pray? The supernatural. You say, that never happened before. It never happened in Zacharias' day either before. Angels are coming on assignment to planet Earth. Are you ready to put them to work? Everybody say, angel, come in Jesus' name. My angel told me, just call me if you need me. You know, I haven't done that yet. I need to start doing that, praise God. I need to start doing that. You know, I, it's, it's a true story. The Bible talks about that there were actual angels, there are angels in heaven that received the prayers of the saints, and the prayers of the saints goes up like incense. It was the hour of incense. 
It was the hour of the incense, and they were praying to God. This is for us to understand. It's a story for us to understand how God operates. And when your prayers go before God, there are angels in heaven that collect them with golden vials, the Bible says, and then mingle it with the fire on the altar of God. And that's the response of God. So he said, then God says, now take those prayers that now have been mingled with my fire, which is the answer of God. He said, now slam them back to the earth. And the, the Bible says, the angels slam them back to earth. And there, the Bible says there are thunders and there are lightnings and there are crashing. I don't know about you. Now, you might think I'm crazy, but I look for God in certain things. And the other day, we had a windstorm that hit this area like I'd never seen before in my life. It was the most supernatural thing in my I mean, just crack. You heard me talk about it on Thursday night. It was the most insane thing, but I just knew God was in it. I believe that God is answering the prayers of his saints even now. Get your hope up. Get your faith up. Trust your God. He's about to change it and turn it around. Say, I'm with you, Pastor. Go back to Luke chapter 1, verse number 12. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled. Saw this angel. He troubled him. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, what time is it? Oh, that's a lying devil. 11.10? Nah. You got, what time is it? Is it really 11.10? What time do we know when we got here? Someone said Wednesday. <laughs> I'll get you up before Wednesday, I promise I will. We're all hungry, I promise I won't keep you. Can I preach just a little bit longer? I got a few more things to say. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid. See, God's not, fear is never, the spirit of fear is always the devil. It's never God. Don't be afraid, Zacharias. Watch this. For your prayer is heard. God will even hear a prayer from somebody who's just praying to get it done. You know, there's something about the timing of God when God wants to do something. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He'll be, he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He's giving him a promise in the form of a seed. And he will also go before him in the spirit of the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Church, your miracle is going to be so unbelievable that your mind is going to have a hard time. When it starts to break for you, the, the only thing you're going to wrestle is not the devil at that moment. It's going to be your own mind. I've been preaching about this, the, the, about the, the mind, your soul, your will, your soul, your mill, the so which your mind will and your emotions. And so they have to be put in check. His mind was rank going like just going crazy. How can this be? I'm an old man. My wife's an old woman. She's past the time of childbirth. This can't happen. But you must believe it anyways. You must continue. I love how we try to talk God out of what he wants to bless us with. Because we see what we don't have. We see how far we really are. We see our relationship isn't as good as it could be and all those other things. Statement, unbelief produces negativity, which is the opposite of your faith. Faith always produces positivity. It sees what the potential is, 
not what the worst is. In church, the world is so negative. And if you don't cut yourself away from the, cut the, 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 the ties that tie us to the world completely, it'll drag you down in the mire of that negativity until we can't even have social discourse amongst ourselves. And I'm here to tell you, they're talking about civil war in the street. We're gonna, we've been praying already about that. There's going to be no civil war in the name of Jesus. We've got to preserve. Well, what if there is? We're going to pray that there's not. But let me tell you where it cannot be. It cannot be in the house of God. It cannot be here. This is what we can control. This is what we can guard. I didn't get, I got five clap. I got six clap. I got seven clap. Where y'all at? Are we going to stand this thing together or not? God's up to something great. And he's already showed himself strong in that area. And the, the Bible talks about the fact that he's going to have all the different ethnicities, nations flow into the house of the Lord together. That's God's purpose. That's God's plan. That's God's will. We've got to start believing that, professing that, prophesying that, claiming that in the name of Jesus. Amen, somebody. So the world is so negative, it wants to join us to that negativity. Luke chapter 1, verse 19, and the angel answered and said to him, I am giving. Now, what, what, what was before that, right before that? He said, how can these things be? That sounds great, but I mean, I'm an old man. My wife's old, and, and I just don't, I, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't think that's ever going to happen to me. See what that verse says? The angel responds and answers and said, I am Gabriel, you dummy. I stand before the presence of God. And when he's, he is sent to, to speak to you, me to speak to you, and bring you these glad tidings, I'm coming, I'm an angel. I just came from God's presence. And you're telling me you don't know if you can believe me or not? That's how strong the power of our circumstances can drag us into a place of negativity and unbelief. You had an experience with God. He spoke to you something. You heard the Lord. Maybe in a service like this. Maybe on your own. Maybe someone prophesied. And you know you heard. And then the circumstances say the exact opposite around you and contradicts you. You are your Red Sea. You can't go forward and you can't go back. Here's the good news. Why don't you just go ahead and trust God now? Since you can't fix it anyways. I pray in tongues a lot. You know why? Because sometimes I don't know what to pray. Can't fix it. Hey, I got the Holy Ghost though. I let him use me. Amen. Right, Amos? He used me. Amen. Amos always said, let him use you. Let him use you. I like that. Luke chapter 1, verse 20. But behold, you'll be mute. Ooh. Ouch. Angel said, you're going to be mute, and you're not going to be able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. There's a time for your word to come to pass. All God expects you to do, trust him and believe him and take him at his word. But because you couldn't, watch this. I wrote this down. Unbelief will cause you to lose your voice. What do I mean by that? When I say you lose your voice, you don't, when you have a voice, it means you have authority. It means you have a place of authority that when you speak, those around you have to listen. 
And so when we walk in a place of doubt and unbelief, we lose our voice, we become mute. Our authority and our words seem to be futile. What we have to understand is that there's a timing for everything. And let God in his time, you got to give words from the Lord time to breathe and work itself through and out. And all your job is is to continue to believe. Seed, time, harvest. So I plant the seed to get a harvest, but there's something in there called time. And that time will work on you if you're in the flesh. You get in, in, the, in the moment of being time, yes, you have to have patience. But even more than that, my patience will come out of my relationship with God. My patience will come through my trust in him. I trust. Are those just words to us? Or do we really walk in that? Are they just words that make us feel good for the minute? Or they really, is this a definition of, of, of our principle of our life that we actually walk through? I trust you. I'm not going to let myself uh, go in my mind, go in 14 different directions today. I'm going to do my work. I'm going to smile on my face. I'm going to be there for my family. I trust you that it will work as you said it would. He said, the angel said, you didn't believe me, but it's, it's going to come to pass in its time. But because you didn't believe me, your place, your voice has been taken from you. Daniel prayed, and he didn't receive his harvest for 21 days. But the Bible says that when Gabriel came to him and spoke to him, the Bible says from the day you prayed, God heard your prayer and sent me. But there was spiritual warfare, and that's why there was a time. And you were, you were locked in that time. Thank you, Daniel, that you continued to pursue, pursue and proceed and not give up, but you trusted in your God. And when you decree a thing, the Bible says, it shall be established. Luke chapter 1, verse 21. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple, but when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of the, of the service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months. She conceived. Was it an immaculate conception? Um, <clears throat> Let me put it this way. Did she have a baby without sex? Why are you looking at me? It's not a trick question. As far as we know, there's only been one. Your mother, I'm sorry. I know she's a saint. <laughs> Hello. If you want to have a child, you have to plant a seed. That's how it works. Correct? Am I correct? Y'all look at me funny. Amen. They're laughing like crazy. They love it online. Y'all are just all stoic. What's the problem here? They had to knock boots. Can I put it that way? Praise God. They had, in other words, he had to act in faith that this was going to take place. She conceived. She was pregnant, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among the people. And I wrote this down because I thought it was so profound. She hid herself. She hid herself for a while. Be careful not to run right to Instagram, social media, whatever else, and tell everybody what God is doing in you. When God drops something in you, don't just throw it out to the wolves. Take it. Watch this. And let it mature inside you. Until everybody goes, oh, that's a baby bump. 
Now you got some proof to what you're saying. Why do I say that? I don't need it. I've just got No, no. What happens is the devil will set you up. And he'll, he'll, he'll make you feel like you ain't got nothing at all. Amen, somebody. And try to steal it from you or abort it. Let me ask you, who in this room or watching me right now is pregnant? I know it's weird for a guy to say this, but I think you get the point. Who in this room is pregnant with a promise or a word from God? A promise that gives hope. A promise that gives you joy. A promise that grows in you every single day. A promise that actually will carry your legacy on. Do we have any pregnant, promise-filled people full of purpose in the room today or online today? Amen. I believe that God is causing that to take place in us. Our job is to mature it. Our job is to take care of that thing until the day we can bring it life. It comes into manifestation or give it birth. Lastly, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel went, um, was sent rather by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed of a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered. You know, there's nothing wrong about considering what God's saying. Nothing wrong with thinking about it and wondering. You know, God will give you a sign and a wonder. Many times a sign is your wonder. It's like, I wonder about that. Different than saying, that ain't God. That could never happen to me. That's unbelief. But considering is a good thing. She considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, verse 31, You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord will give, the Lord will give him the, the throne of his father David, and he will reign over. In other words, your miracle will reign over over everything is put in its path and the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Somebody should shout in this room this morning that the God of the impossible is about to favor you with a miracle that's going to reign over all your circumstances. Can we get somebody to say amen and hallelujah? Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. Since I don't have the education. Since I don't have the proper, I don't have a good IQ. I don't have those kinds of gifts. How can this be? I'm not mature enough. Or I'm in debt. How can this be? I've failed him so many times before. How can this be? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. It is not by might. It is not by power. But it is by my spirit, says the Lord. God will do this. God is doing this. That the only, or rather the Holy One, who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Just as he said. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son. John in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren she was called barren the world always wants to label you for what you don't have you've been called weak you've been called stupid 
You've been called dumb. You've been called broke. But not by God. For with God, for with God, nothing will be impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant, here it is, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word, not according to my circumstance, not according to the side of the tracks I grew up, not according to the color of my skin, not according to how much money I got in my pocket, but let it be according to your word. Can I finish one more verse? We're already here. Let me do this. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah. Praise. Judah means praise. And entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And at that moment, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Church, until that moment, could it be that Elizabeth felt nothing in her womb? She saw the, the growth, but there's nothing. You know, sometimes women get a little nervous. Like, oh, what's going on here? I got to get a heartbeat check because my baby might not be alive. You know, that's, that happens to some women, and that not, not pronounced on nobody, but that can happen. And so maybe it felt dead in her womb. Like, is this ever going to happen? I'm sure people's minds go crazy. But in that moment, when Jesus walked inside of the womb walked into the into that room and the, the 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 very presence of the lord mingled with the presence of john the bible says that the babe leaped inside of that womb what does that tell me you got to get around people of promise you got to get around people of purpose you can't be out there with the world thinking you're going to be all right you can't keep playing footsies with the with the with the people down the street and smoking dope and and and, and, and drinking booze and, and hanging out and talking their kind of nasty talk you can't do all that i'm telling you right now if you want the promises of god otherwise it's going to be like nothing on the inside of you that's why we want to come to the house of god that's why you're connecting with us this morning by way of your television set or device or wherever you're at, computer. Why? Because we need to be around this. It causes what's in us, the promise of God inside, to begin to leap on the inside of us. What you're feeling right now is a stirring of God. I believe right now God's stirring the gift that's in you. Matter of fact, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord God, for release even now, stirring people's promises up, Lord God. They're not going to give up for nothing. They're not going to quit for nothing, Lord God. This is just the beginning of a brand new chapter, Lord God. It is not the end of the story, nor is it the end of the book. It's the beginning of a brand new chapter, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. And something beautiful is about to arise. Father, you are moving in the earth. You are moving in the earth, and it cannot be denied. And we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' precious name and the church that believed it said amen can we give the Lord a shout of praise this morning about it hallelujah